This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply had like jamal murray just controlled the block shot right because he was like right yes. there just stepping out of bounds like had he just landed inbounds hold on to it we got a foul the whole thing like it's over <laughs> yeah. you know what's even more poetic is before quarantine ended anthony davis had an opportunity to beat the brooklyn nets with a game winner too oh, yeah with a That's wide right. open three in that exact same spot That's right. and he missed it That's right. not tonight folks I- Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where did Anthony Davis just dunk the Denver Nuggets into his sweet and sour sauce and spread it all over Chuck's face? Some guys just don't got it. Well, thank God Anthony Davis isn't just some guy. Ooh-wee! It's lit, (laughs) Alan. How you doing? It's effing lit as F, dude. Now, I think Charles is just like a catch-up guy. I feel like over all the years that I've watched inside the NBA, like, I know the analysis is pretty garbage, but, like, it's extremely entertaining. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like a guilty pleasure, right? I feel like I've heard Charles say multiple times, I just like ketchup. So as far as sweet and sour sauce in Charles's face, that is perfect because he probably wouldn't like it. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Very sour for him. Sweet and just in us. case you weren't able to interpret everything that was going on with that intro, the Lakers won on a buzzer-beating three-pointer by Anthony Davis. The Lakers are up 2-0 in the series, 105-103. to Oh my gosh, there was such a range of emotions in this game. This was the Dr. Jekyll, Mostly Mr. Negative. Hyde sort of... Mo- <laughs> Man, two and a half quarters, it was like, ah, these nuggets, ah, see you later, guys. This is not going to work for you. And then... They played, started playing a modified zone. The Lakers could not take any good shots outside of, I, I told you off air, I, it felt like the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter, all of our makes were bailout three-pointers. You had a bailout three-pointer by Rajon Rondo, by KCP, by Anthony Davis, the six-step-back one, and then obviously that last one where he came off the roll. And uh, it was almost reminiscent of 
the Kyle Kuzma three game winner, but on mm. the opposite end of the court, right? Yeah. Um, and Anthony Davis just looked so fluid and smooth. He put the right amount of arc onto that, faded away with his legs flailing in the air. Um, Alan, let's just start there and maybe we'll just go, we'll just keep talking about that shot till the end of the show. <laughs> because next, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I know this is really tough to do, but in the history of Lakers game winning shots in the playoffs, where does this one rank for you? Oh, geez. <laughs> Like, oh, off the geez. top of my head, we have, obviously, Robert Ory. Big shot, Bob. Uh, the, La- the Lakers being down 2-1. Um, obviously, you have to contextualize the importance of when this was happening. We've got the Kobe Bryant, you know, Phoenix Suns game winner that got yep, the Lakers yep. up Elbow. 3-1, I believe. Yep. You've got Meta World Peace uh, rebounding. <laughs> yep, right at the buzzer. It reminds me of that one because this is in the conference finals. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, okay. And for Meta, it was like, you're officially a Laker, coming out party kind of thing. And Meta was not having a good game, right? Whereas uh-huh. Anthony Davis clearly was. But in terms of that, like, you're getting baptized kind of a thing. And it is in the Western Conference Finals. It's, it's a little like that, but a lot more finesse <laughs> than yeah. Meta's put back on an air ball. So would so would you put you'd put that over Meta World Peace, right? I would put this over Meta. I yeah, I think I would. I think I would. Meta's was a little more like narrative driven because like he sure. was having an awful game, you know. And it's it's just like it's so him, right? To have such an ugly kind of putback shot. But uh, Anthony Davis is like a young guy too. Yeah, you know. And it was so poetic that Charles is talking all this smack <laughs> during halftime. And you got some wonder, guys just like, don't got it, Alan. You got to do the Chuck impression. Hey, man, you know, uh, sometimes uh, guys just don't got it, man. <laughs> this guy reminds me of Derek Coleman. <laughs> what? Just a nice guy. Oh, my God. Way to stick it to him, Anthony Davis. It's almost like, did he did he hear that clip That's what something? I'm saying, dude. I'm pretty sure, like, Jared Dudley or, like, Thanasis, you know, whoever, like, Thanasis. one of the <laughs> Whichever brother we have. I'm just kidding. Um, like, I'm pretty sure one of those guys saw on his phone, you know, what Charles said, and they whispered in AD's ear because he was, like, fired up in the second half. He was talking to Denver's bench earlier in mm-hmm. the second half, you know? So, uh, I don't know, man. He totally flipped that switch. And he's saying, like, Rondo was the one telling him, you know, mm. like, you got to get it going. And he, we totally believe that because Rondo and him are, like, they're brothers, right? But, uh yeah, dude, it really seemed like uh, like Chuck is the one that kind of got things going for him. And it's funny, like on the post game show, Chuck looked so disappointed. <laughs> like the whole crew looked like, oh man, because they're like pulling for the Nuggets, you know. Mm. Um, Charles like tapping his pen on the desk, and he's got this like look on his face. So, yeah, dude, it, it tastes oh tastes yes. so sweet. So sweet. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss for <laughs> Anthony Davis. Um, you know, my friend Andy, who was on the the last episode, uh, we we like to shoot three pointers a lot, and we come up with our three point celebrations. You know, mine was the Wolverine, which you know D'Angelo Russell kind of in his head he summer remembered league. me. Yeah, he remembered me telling him that in summer league, and eventually he he unveiled it versus the Brooklyn Nets. Andy's is actually very specific. He can't always throw it out there because it only works for a game-winning buzzer beater three. He likes to call it the sign the check and leave. So he holds <laughs> it up like three, and then once he shoots it, he'll hold it out and then sign his check and go, I'm going home. Check, please. Let's get out of here. And that's exactly what Anthony Davis should have done right there. That oh, was the check, amazing. please. I love it. Um, it was perfect. And I mean, that's what a shot. 2K. 
for the different <laughs> <Exactly>. like, reactions. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to say, going back to like where I'd rank it historically, and I'm speaking strictly buzzer beater. Like there's no mm. more time read. I think we pretty much threw out all the ones that we remember, at least from our generation. I apologize if I miss any. Um, but I think I'm with you. I probably have to put uh, AD over both kobe and meta it's kind of hindsight right because with the kobe shot we ended up losing that series even though at the time it was very monumental um that was kobe's that became kobe's signature game winner really you know so you know it might be when he had two game winners or he had like two kind of buzzer beater shots too he had the floater high off the glass and then it was overtime off the jump ball so now that we take a step back, it's like, ooh, that was pretty damn epic. <laughs> right. But, you know, knowing what we know now, I think I'd still put this Anthony Davis shot over that because that team, realistically, mm. that Kobe had was not going to go anywhere, even if we had gotten out of the first round, you know? Sure, um, sure. So I'd no probably... championship aspirations with right. that team. Yeah. So I think for me, I'd still put Robert Ori at the top because, obviously, yeah. we, need, we needed that game. Otherwise, we would – and we went on to win the championship, obviously, like – our finals was against the Sacramento Kings in that Western Conference Finals. So Robert Ori first, then this Anthony Davis three, and then Kobe, and then Meta. Or maybe, and then Meta, and then Kobe. You know, Kobe stands, don't get at me. Like, that is one of Kobe's best shots. But given the context of championship, championship, cha- well, sorry, championship maybe. <laughs> championship with the Robert Ori shot. Championship maybe here. Ch- championship WIP, TBD. <laughs> Uh, championship with the Meta World P shot and then the Kobe shot. That was just a historic, like one that he can add to his resume. But uh, it's crazy that our top two right now are two forwards hitting threes, right? I mean. Yeah, for sure. You know what's crazy, dude, is like the the physical reaction, at least that I have. And I know we're going to like really get into yeah. it. I was just thinking like right now, it's it's the same every time. Like when Big Shot Bob hit his, when Kobe hit his, Meta hit his, AD, like I feel like I personally am yelling the exact same way. I feel like uh-huh. my arms are doing the exact same thing. Like, I don't know. It, it's it's cool how you can kind of, like, go back in time every time mm-hmm. it happens. And, like, for us, I mean, when Big Shot Bob hit his, we were in middle school, right? Um, so, all of a sudden, you feel like you're 13, 14 years old again. Yeah. At least for me. No, totally. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I'll give my setup, and then you can give your specifics of it. Um, so my girlfriend sung was, uh, she needed, she came home from work, so she needed to take a nap. And, you know, I was like, I think the Lakers have this handled. (laughs) And so she was sleeping and I was like, you know, I'll just watch this kind of silently. And then like the uh, internet on the Roku TV started spazzing out. So I was like, oh crap. So I used my phone data and started watching it on my phone went over to the kitchen and was just silently watching it, like pissed and fuming. And, you know, I texted you guys, we better not. If we freaking lose this game, I was so frustrated that entire fourth quarter. We had this game dominated. This is one of those, you you could feel Denver starting to lose faith in themselves before their run in the, like, end of the third into the fourth. And when they started to come back and they, they threw out that zone on us and we could not hit a shot or take a clean shot to save our lives and on offense i was i was fuming and um when jamal murray you know missed i mean kcp tremendous defensive stance on that jamal murray three-point shot right um and then jamal murray kicked out his legs to try and get the foul if they had given that to him dude i oh my gosh that should have been i was waiting for them blow the the whistle after the after the ball didn't go in 
I was waiting for it. But yeah. that's that's a foul the other way. You know, they implemented that rule where if a three point shooter kicks it out, that should actually go the other way. Probably yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. going to go that way, given what we saw the entire game with the refs. You know, responding to all the Nuggets complaints the last game. Anyways, when Nikola Jokic, I mean, of course, Nikola would would get a game winner that way, right? Just a random tip because of how quirky he is and how his shots are just like that. Was yeah, that was some like Dennis Rodman ish kind of. He could really track the trajectory of the ball and see the line. You know what I mean? Like, it was fluky, but it was like pretty skilled. (laughs) Like we got to admit, you know. So when that happened, I was like. You, you've got to be kidding. We cannot lose that way. I think we had eight seconds left, right? And then, <laughs> oh my gosh. What, can you remind me what happened that last play? I think LeBron James had the ball, right? And then we, we passed it to KCP. Oh my gosh, KCP for the game winning three. Um, that would have been poetic kind of too. Um, he missed it. Somehow we got the offensive rebound, right? Are you talking and, about uh, Caruso? Actually, Caruso took oh, it Caruso, from the top. Oh, Caruso, that's right, that's right. And it I think just KCP came up short. It was before. like straight. And then DG got the rebound somehow. I think it was DG. DG ended up with the ball. And then, you know, he baseline like 17 foot. Blocks. Jamal Murray couldn't control it. Yeah. Right, right, right. Two seconds I thought AC had it. I was going to say, dude. (laughs) If AC knocks this down, like after that dunk that he had and the whole Ernie Johnson It's over for basketball Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) Go We'll never hear the end of it. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) so we... now I'm recalling what's crazy is we didn't have a timeout, right? So it's not like we even drew Correct. that play up. I was exactly. actually going to give props to Vogel, but then I remembered, oh, we didn't we didn't draw up a play for that. Obviously, I'm pretty sure they practice scenarios like that. Yeah, 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 there's some ATO in their bag, right? I mean, they ex- executed that to perfection after a quarter in which they couldn't execute at all. Yeah, you know, yeah. all the three you pointers before that. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. So to give like the TNT crew some credit, right? And I'm sure if we were to both rewatch it a second time over, we would see the same thing. So LeBron wasn't really setting a screen for AD. He was just kind of standing there plumly bailed out on the play. He should have just tracked. He should have just followed Mm -hmm. AD. But instead, he stayed back and pointed to Jokic to go over after he's defending the inbound pass from the baseline. So Plumley was totally like in the wrong defensively. Yep. So I think what was supposed to happen was AD was supposed to catch it. It's 2.2 seconds left. And then LeBron was going to roll to the basket. And then mm-hmm. AD was going to pass it to him. And then LeBron would get a but you know, better, higher percentage shot. Mm-hmm. But because Plumley treated it like you said, the Kuzma <laughs> play, which is totally right. what it was not. It just worked out. In our, thank God, like AD had that recognition where it's like, okay, well, I got the freaking shot. Even though we're down one, I'm taking this three because yeah. it's what I have. So uh, Denver totally blew it defensively, and we just took advantage. So it is what it is. What's crazy is Malone subbed in Plumley for that last defensive possession, actually. Yeah. So huge fatal error. Like you're seven feet tall, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. maybe they were looking at the lob, you know, because the Lakers only needed two. I mean, they were mm-hmm. pretty much hoping that LeBron would get fouled, hopefully, but... You're not going to set a down screen for a three when you're up by yeah. one point or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But great recognition by Anthony Davis. Huge follow through. And obviously, so I so back to my story. I'm watching this on my phone. I see Jokic. And, you know, I'm trying to be mindful of my girlfriend. So I'm just kind of what very silent. What a considerate fella. <laughs> and now I'm annoying her because I'm doing this podcast in front of her. Anyways. <laughs> but I'm watching this silently. And so it's all facial expressions. I'm like... I'm like, mm, mm. <laughs> and this is AS- ASMR for some people. Like, mm, mm, mm. 
Uh, and then, you know, obviously it goes out of bounds. We have two seconds left and I'm like, we're really going to freaking lose this game, aren't we? I haven't seen us really execute that well in these types of possessions, you know? That Kuzma one was probably the only one I've seen us come out of that alive in. And that was during the bubble when Denver didn't even play their real guys. So this one, I'm just had a bad feeling. I was like, hmm. And then I see AD curl for the three. And I'm like, oh man, that they still contested it, you know? So he was fading. Oh no. And then I see the pure swish. And then I'm like, ooh. I mean, that's the only reaction I could give, dude. I couldn't, like, so yell. Suppressed. So it was, like, kind of uh, suppressed. Like, oh. Yeah. And then the, the first thought was, I got to make the greatest showman video. <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest show. Boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Uh, so, so that's my story. And, and what a what a, what a litty time it was. Alan, what was your setup? Uh, I'm sure it was a bipolar mess of facial expressions up until that last that last moment. And I'm still going through, you know processing it a lot of off-color language um (laughs) a lot of like sitting in different places on my couch you know like put the recliner up put the recliner down kick the feet up this way shift my weight that way stand up every now and then kind of jump up and down and then i ended up like i was deciding i'm like where should i stand slash sit or lay down or whatever it is so i ended up sitting on the ground like cross-legged like a like a first grader in elementary school or something like that just so my face could be like right in front of the television and um i mean i didn't have a good feeling obviously i was standing for about the last minute with like my hands on my hips i felt like a head coach who should have like the suit jacket on hands around the waist but like flip the the tails of the suit jacket back kind of thing. I had like mm-hmm. that posture. And then, yeah, I just ended up sitting on the floor like a little kid. And uh, I mean, when he hit the, sh- I mean, when he hit the shot, I jumped up. I was like pumping my fists. Like I hurt my shoulder a couple weeks ago. It's <laughs> finally healed like just a few days ago. And I hope I didn't aggravate it. Cause I got all this adrenaline right now. Um, so that was totally an afterthought. Uh, I was just screaming like a crazy person all by my freaking self. And, uh, yeah, dude, that was it. I, if, if there was like a secret, you know, camera in here just watching me stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down in all these different <laughs> places, they'd think I've got some like serious issues. <laughs> and maybe I do. And that's okay, because we won the game. You were in your like own mental institution. And maybe people were watching you. They're like, something wrong with that guy. It's like a time lapse. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Shutter Island, Alan. You're actually in a mental institu- institution. You just don't know it. They're just playing Lakers movies. games to keep you sane, kind of, or insane. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> Sounds like quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly true. Um, let's take it to break, compose ourselves, and then get into the somewhat nitty-gritty of this game. But for now, wow, the Lakers escaped. I'm going to use the word escape because what should have been a pretty easy dominant win where we come out of it you know, feeling even more sure of ourselves and Denver Nuggets feeling more and more resigned to their fate has turned into this is a series potentially you know i mean the denver nuggets got their swag back in terms of oh yeah this is us all the whole bubbles playoff series long you know just coming back and never being resilient and never backing down We're all, we can come back from anything you know so now we've kind of given that back to them even though they're down oh two uh so this is where it gets fun right um with that said we'll take it to break and when we return yeah we'll, we'll talk more about this game all right, so the Lakers won 105-103. Some interesting stats in this game, man. Um, 
The Denver Nuggets showed some Mamba mentality. They were 8 of 24 from 3, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, the Lakers, 13 of 36 from 3, actually. 36% to Denver's 33%, which is what saved us, like literally at the end, but throughout the game, because we could not handle that modified zone that the Denver Nuggets were throwing out there where the two guys up top were kind of playing man and they'd switch it anytime the ball handler would, you know, pass it off. But the three guys below were playing a zone and packing the paint, which is why the LeBron had to settle for a bunch of jump shots. AD was settling for a bunch of jump shots and it, it didn't seem like we could get a clean look like time and time again, the shot clock was down to five seconds, right? Like that entire fourth quarter. And it was so frustrating to watch. And, you know, Andy mentioned it the last podcast. He was like, I'm going to go with a 4-1 and maybe the Lakers drop one to the Nuggets because the Nuggets will throw out his zone. And he was right. We almost dropped one because, yeah, that zone really threw us off kilter. But I'm glad they threw it out there because we somehow escaped and now we can game plan for that. Um, so, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about that and what we can do to combat that. But in terms of just looking at the stats, like the three-pointers actually saved us in this game. Denver outshot us 47% to 44%, largely due to the, that last quarter and a half. Um, we beat them on the boards tremendously. I mean, oh, that yeah. was very apparent. 44 to 31, but the offensive glass was our savior of the day outside of three-pointers, 13 to 7. And more so in the first half, Points off turnovers was a recurring theme for us. Man, if we did not get those points off turnovers, we definitely would have lost this game. And even when Denver was making buckets, we'd, we're, we'd still leak out the other way, right, and get buckets. So the fact that the Lakers were kept that game plan going of continuing to sprint down court, putting the pressure on the Nuggets, getting them on their heels even after made buckets was huge. Overall, you know, as frustrated as I was, I really liked the Lakers' intensity and hustle. It felt like every 50-50 ball was a Laker ball. I mean, how many plays did you see, like, a 2K-like save to bring the ball back in bounds, you know, from Cal Kuzma, Caruso, Dwight Howard, Anthony? Everybody was diving out of bounds, and thank God for the bubble, right, where the, <laughs> there's no fans that were Seriously. allowed to do that. That plays to the Lakers' strength of just being extremely athletic, fast, and yeah, physically imposing. That was most apparent through three quarters tonight. And then the Nuggets threw us off for a game. Credit to them for employing that weird zone-like defense at the end there, and then hitting shots uh, at the end. But yeah, I guess let's... Okay, I threw out some of the stats right there. Outside of the Anthony Davis shot... What's uh, let, let's do like one defensive play that stood out to you and maybe one offensive play that uh, made you jump out of your seat or that was just notable to you, if you can recall. Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was like a combination of both. Like I kind of stored it in the back of my mind when it happened. I was like, oh, I freaking love that play. Dwight has a defensive stop. Did, did he block the shot? And then Rondo got it, outlet pass to Crusoe, and then Crusoe has an Ernie Johnson Jr. slam. Yes. Uh, I, I couldn't remember if Dwight, like, deflected it or he actually blocked the shot. But either way, it was just a really great series, right, where you have that connectivity, defensive stop, outlet pass. We know that Denver's transition defense has been pretty bad. It's obvious that we keep going to those big outlets to get out in transition. 
obviously we ended up getting away from it but um that was <laughs> i guess a combination of each of those things that you right. were uh, asking for me to identify so sure. that's one that stood out to me and it's not the first time we've done it this series right um you're almost looking for it where braun or ad gets the rebound and one of those dudes is doing like a west unsell type pass down for like a streaking kuzma like, I think Kuzma, even though he didn't have a very good game today, um, he's picking on Denver's wings who aren't mm-hmm. getting back in transition, yes. even off of, like, made shots. So, yeah, those are, like, recipes for success for us. Because, um, yeah, we can get those even when Denver's making their shots. Absolutely. Yeah, and that Caruso play in particular, that was the one that really got the bench hyped and jumping up and down. And Got that the was world hyped. <laughs> exactly. Literal punctuation point, right? And Caruso, he had a guy trailing him that was pretty close. So I wasn't sure when he took off. I was like, oh, are you going to punch that in? Oh, he punched that in. So that, that, was, that was lit for sure. Yeah, for me, I guess Anthony Davis's third quarter on defensively was a sight to behold. That was like a masterful performance on defense. He had that one defensive possession on Murray where... For 18 oh, yeah. seconds, Murray just kept dribbling the ball. He'd go yeah. into the paint, see if there was anything there. He'd take a step back, see if the, the three-point shot was available. Anthony Davis was tracking him every single step along the way. Um, and then it just led to a weird fadeaway jump shot from Jeremy Grant that was an air ball. And then on the other end, Anthony Davis hit a mid-range jump shot. So it was just perfect, like, wow, that is as suffocating as you can get. And Jamal Murray was... He was putting his entire bag on display, and it wasn't working on Anthony Davis. He was moving his feet perfectly, had his arms out wide, and it was just such so beautiful to watch. Um, and then, I think a couple plays after that, Jamal Murray had a crossover on JaVale McGee, and it looked like he was going to go in for an easy lay-in, and I was like, oh, God, why is JaVale still in here? And then AD comes out of nowhere, swats it, saves the tip in and the Lakers sprint the other way. So that was another like amazing defensive play by Anthony Davis, just saving the day there. Uh, LeBron James also had a monster block on, um, on Jamal Murray where he just like, yeah. Oh, he, dude, on the way down <laughs> a volleyball spike, right? Like yes, LeBron is totally getting right used to the these. Net. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously Danny Green, the, the pseudo Kawhi fingers, block, not a finger block, but fingers <laughs> yeah. block on the Paul Millsap dunk was, was pretty sick as well. <laughs> but yeah, to your point about how the Lakers were just so intentional about getting out, I remember in the second quarter, Kevin Kevin Porter, <laughs> uh, Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> hits that crazy three, fadeaway baseline three on LeBron James. Two seconds later, Kuzma, Kuzma's already down the floor getting fouled for a layup, you know? Like, that was huge. And overall, just like, it seemed like the Lakers were picking off every pass that Denver was trying to sling in that first half and through the first three quarters. Um, they were blocking and contesting every shot. And, and the De- Denver Nuggets, every time they were in the paint trying to look for easy shots, they honestly looked like a YMCA pickup ball sort of team. The Lakers were making them look that way because they couldn't finish. They were spazzing the hell out in air. That's like, oh, that's what I look like when I try and drive against bigger players, <laughs> you know? And it was so apparent how the disparity in size, strength, physicality, speed, athleticism. That's why, like, even when the Lakers were relenting and giving up the lead, I wasn't worried until we legitimately were down by one with, like, two minutes left. But all that time, I was like, man, we're better than this team. We're better than this team. There's nothing they can do. They're outmatched. And then, obviously, Denver put the scare on us those last three minutes. And thank God we were able to be in that sort of, like, crunch time situation where we were down, you know, 
So I hope the Lakers are treating this as a loss, which will be great. They should treat it as a loss because they really fumbled the bag there towards the end on a game that looked more dominant than the first game, than game one, you know, until it didn't. So, and just to show you how dominant we were defensively, that first quarter, we, we uh, got seven turnovers on the Denver Nuggets and had six offensive rebounds that first quarter. So yeah, uh, yeah. What are you? Do you have any general thoughts on this game as well, and just what you what you liked, and then also where you saw it kind of fall apart there? Yeah, dude. I mean, I felt great. Obviously, in the first half, you could just look at the quarter by quarter scoring, and then all of a sudden, third quarter, we had what twenty. 21, 22, something like that. I mean, 22, that's, 23, last two quarters. Yeah, yeah dude, that's anemic. Uh, so, like you said, we just we got away, you know, from what we were doing. We started turning the ball over a lot in this Sloppy, game. Sloppy, yep. Um, it's funny because in the first quarter, granted, you know, it was early. Uh, it was a pretty clean game. There weren't very many fouls. Like, I think at, the ha- at six minutes in, there had been, like, no free throws. There had been no turnovers. just going straight through. I was like, okay, this is shaping up to, like, be a very aesthetically appealing, like, watch. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I was, I was very excited for things to just be uh, very clean. And then it ended up getting sloppy as hell. So I should not have had that thought. I totally jinxed it. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I just think in the third quarter, so many of our guys, like, showed their worst selves <laughs> like Kyle Kuzma is I mean I don't know if it was like really what was going on it's just like you can't help but hear Reggie Miller and Chris Webber talk about like oh Kuzma's making this personal with Michael Porter Jr. I'm like it was what one the shot. hell are you talking about <laughs> it was one like, shot. they don't have a rivalry like what kind of connection are you trying to make here um this is not like Lonzo Ball and De'Aaron Fox like if that's what you're trying to that that's nothing either but it felt like they're forcing it right and uh I mean Kuz was kind of forcing the issue um versus moving without the ball you know all that kind of stuff and then uh Danny Green was you know Danny Green just couldn't hit a freaking shot dude um he hit one and, and yeah, huge one just, in the fourth i think but yeah he did make the one thank god <laughs> like that he, somewhat he had to bank one for three game. first though to get himself going that's right that's right because he was jumping so <laughs> far forward like he probably actually released it from about 19 feet um yeah yeah as uh vlade divots would say lucky shot um so <laughs> yeah dude it, it was just one of those things where like everyone is kind of showing the worst versions of themselves in this moment and LeBron started out super hot, like stupid hot, right? He had like yeah. all of our freaking points. And then all of a sudden he's leaving everything really short. And I thought Vogel, his rotations were pretty different <laughs> in this game. Like if I'm not yeah. mistaken, LeBron didn't come out at all in the first quarter. Usually mm-hmm. he leaves about halfway through, comes back one or two minutes left. This time he played all the way through, continued playing in the beginning of the second quarter. I was like, oh, I mean, he's hot. So you you let him like stay out there, I guess. And then in the third, he was like out for quite a long stretch i think um and then it just felt like when he came back in the fourth he couldn't really get that rhythm he even took a little like breather with about seven minutes left in the game he's sitting on the exercise ball um so yeah there there's just some weird stuff that was very uncharacteristic and yeah (laughs) so i don't know In, in some ways because the result is what it was, we won the freaking game in a feel-good moment. Like you said, we should kind of treat this as a loss. And obviously what you mean by that is there's a learning opportunity, mm-hmm. right? 
because we didn't face a ton of adversity in game one. I mean, you kind of look at it as Lakers and you watch the film and you're like, yeah, we executed the shit out of that game. This one, we effed up big time and got, you know, we were spared. So there should be a lot of teachable moments. Uh, I would hope in game three, we come out a lot sharper or we stay sharp, I should Mm -hmm. say. And uh, we just don't get too comfortable. Yeah, totally. This game was kind of like our letdowns versus Houston uh, in like game two when they scored like 41 points in the third quarter. We just didn't have that responding fourth quarter where we just put the clamps down, mainly because we couldn't get anything going on offense. It seemed like Denver's defensive strategy totally took us off guard. We literally could not adjust outside of hoisting a bunch of three-pointers at the end. And, you know, I want to point out that there was a pretty huge free-throw disparity. Thank God the Lakers hit 18 of 19 from the That's so uncharacteristic, (laughs) speaking of unlike us. Yeah, (laughs) because Denver went to the line 33 times, hit 25. Thank God for P.J. Dozier, the bright lights being too bright for him at the end there. That was just like our version of THT being out there, but in clutch time. So I felt a little badly for him just as a human being. I'm like, oh, poor guy. Like, that sucks, man. Like, you had, a, you had some clutch moments, took some charges. Right. You're this young guy and just clank, clank, brick, brick, you know? I'm like, ah, oh, sucks. <laughs> Kobe airball moment for him that he can uh, put in his database and it's learn all good. from. All good, yeah. dude. <laughs> but look, I'm, I'm feeling positive given the fact that the whistles were not going the Lakers' way. I think LeBron James even had a drive into the lane in the fourth quarter where he didn't get a foul call and he was wondering where the hell, like, he got hit, you know? Um, so I, it feels like the Lakers allowed that frustration to really compound itself along with the fact that Denver's defense was throwing them off whack. And so that's that's a perfect uh, formula for what you saw with the, the offense being clunky. And, you know, with Kyle Kuzma, it was like he's trying to cut off ball and stuff, but Rondo is trying to find him, turnover, turnover. You know, like whatever the Denver Nuggets were doing to pack the paint didn't really allow for off-ball movement either. And I think... I have been kind of annoyed this entire bubble series at, at, at the way that we sort of just, and, and credit to Kyle Kuzma for being like the garbage dude who just gets offensive rebounds or just takes whatever's given to him, leaks out into transition, etc. But I feel like we've underutilized his skill set and not made it an intentional part to get him going early. You know, what was his first shot? Like a bailout fadeaway baseline jump shot that he hit you know but we're not giving him like looks at like this play is for Kyle Kuzma and he's gonna set the screen and then roll and you give it to him you know they started to do that in the fourth quarter but I'm like why don't we do this much earlier on so that when you all of a sudden need to grease the wheels on your offense Kyle Kuzma is ready to go you know he had two good looks at wide open three pointers in the third quarter and he just didn't hit them you know I wonder why maybe it's because he's not even taking that shot and exactly and for me it's like I wish that Kyle Kuzma got the shots that Danny Green was getting because this guy gets a lot of gets a lot of opportunities you know to eventually Danny find Green's his rhythm. Getting his shots because they're leaving his ass open. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's true too, but it's just like I wish that Vogel would switch up the rotation a little bit to get Kyle Kuzma for sure. with the right guys and tell the, those guys look for him. Let's get him going, even if he misses his first few, because. I feel like we're severely underutilizing what this guy can do when he gets hot and going, you know, because when he gets hot, then he can do that thing where that shot where they called it a four shot against Michael Porter Jr. That's a shot that Kyle Kuzma hits. I'm sorry, you know, for sure. 
Yeah, 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 definitely. But, but he hits that when he's in rhythm and he's got it going. But that was the first time he, he was able to pull out any sort of thing in the mid-range, you know? And against a zone, usually, well, against Denver's modified version, I don't know if it's going to be open, but usually, you know, that free throw line area is open and that's yes. where Kuzma can curl for the mid-range jump shot. So hopefully they can employ that as well. So that's one thing I feel like the Lakers can do the next game. Like, let's get Kyle Kuzma going and not treat him like he's some... Yeah, just get an offensive rebound or leak out into transition. And if you're open for a three, if you hit it, great. You know, it's like he can do so much more than that. So why not, you know, allow him to do more potentially? Um, So, yeah, but overall, I mean, thank God we got out of this alive. Again, the fact that we were, the calls weren't going our way. They had more free throws than us. Um, And overall, the Lakers have to know for themselves, like, the disparity just athletically is just so apparent and we just need to continue to just put our foot on their throats because this is a relentless team. You got to give them credit for all of that. I felt like this game, unfortunately, wasn't one of Vogel's best coach games. His rotations were really weird given the fact that JaVale did a pretty poor job in that first quarter. Like we played really good defense the first quarter, but he was really clogging up the paint on offense. I thought that Frank was going to start Dwight again in the second half. Mm -hmm. He didn't. And we started fumbling the bag in the third. And then I feel like he inserted Dwight like in the fourth quarter for the first time. It was really late. It was really late. And then I was confused because he rode Dwight Howard till the end. And I was like, yo, our offense is jacked up. Like Anthony Davis can handle Nikola Jokic. Take Dwight out and put Markeith in so that we can at least space the floor a little bit more. So I was a little bit confused by the rotations where it's like, if we're struggling on offense, yo, this is go time for AD. Put him at the five. I know Dwight Howard's done a great job, and he did much of the same that he was doing, much of the same in this game as he did in game one. Had that crazy, like, alley-oop dunk where he hung on the rim. It, it It was awesome. It was awesome. But it wasn't working in the fourth quarter, primarily because we could not get anything to go on the offensive end. And in that scenario, it's like, you got to trust Markeith and AD to hold it down. They can hold it down, you know? Um, so that's areas in which I felt like Vogel probably could have done better rotation wise. Um, and, you know, I'll give credit to Danny Green for doing other things when his shot wasn't working, offensive rebounding, all that, blocking shots, being He's scrappy. He's become a very good rebounder. I don't he know has. if it's just more apparent and highlighted now because the other aspects of his game are not falling into place. Maybe he's always been a great rebounder, but now we really notice it. Yeah, for sure. But I also felt like Frank Vogel rode him a little bit too long in certain scenarios too. And I'm like, why is Kuzma getting yanked so early? You know, like for the most part, he's still playing well defensively. It's just he's not hitting his shots because he's not in rhythm. So those are things that I feel like can be worked on, but mostly just figuring out how to generate good shots and opportunities off of that weird funky zone if there was a zone at all but you could tell Denver was packing the paint and we needed to be able to not fall into that trap of just settling for mid-range jump shots and getting our offense going with only six seconds left you know so um any last words on this game Alan um get the energy back up man (laughs) what's up Get the energy back up. Let's go. This is a fun game. We won. Anthony Davis shot. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. No, I know. Now we're, like, thinking more tactically about what went on. Um, I mean, you know, Dwight obviously had an incredible game one. And then game two, you could see him getting a little bit more frustrated, kind of getting those cheap 
foul calls that he's accustomed to getting as he's trying to beat guys up. And, you know, Jokic does that thing where he, like, grabs the arm, right? And he mm-hmm. that's like a vet move or whatever you want to call it. And that just wasn't happening the other game. And Dwight was actually kind of exposing Jokic, trying to do that a little bit more. So there's definitely a chess match going on right there. And it'll be really interesting to see in Game 3, hopefully... A few less JaVale minutes, because I'm pretty sure he's going to start the game no matter what. Um, but, yeah, hopefully it's it's either going to be a little bit more Dwight and him being a little bit more disciplined with his arms, you know. Or, like you said, going a little bit smaller. Um, because, yeah, for the most part, of course, AD can handle Jokic. Uh, the only time where he's going to have a problem is, like, when Jokic hit that jump hook over him. Oof. And, you know, yeah. like, you give it up. I mean... Jokic weighs how many pounds versus AD, and AD pretty much pretty much did everything. I mean, they were saying on the broadcast, like, oh, you let him get to his strong side, and, like, once you're there, as Shaq would say, like, it is barbecue chicken. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see. That's something I'm definitely looking for, because Jokic definitely got it going a little bit more today. Right. Um, and that's something that just wasn't there in game one. His three-point shot and that arc is ridiculous when he lets that it's go. It's crazy. He He's barely stupid jumps. for not taking it every time. Because a couple times <laughs> he stepped, honestly, like he like pump fake yeah. wide open, takes a step in. It's like, nah, dude. Like, if I were a Nuggets fan, I'd be pissed. You yeah. know, it's like you can't hesitate like that. So hopefully he continues though to second guess himself right. and doubt himself and lack confidence. Yeah, I mean, I felt like on that drive against Anthony Davis for the flip hook shot, I felt like Jokic conserved all of his speed <laughs> for that one moment. Because I kid you not, the entire game we had these dudes gas, dude. There was yeah. one play that was very indicative of how suffocate, we, how much we were suffocating them, and it was like in transition, Paul Millsap is on the the wing of the three point arc. And it's it's in transition. It's a fast break. And he just settles for the shot because he's like, this is the easiest shot I'm going to get right now. Because anytime we drive it into the lane, they are causing us to contort our bodies. And we are not getting clean shots. They're either stripping the ball from us or we just can't get up a shot because they're going to block it, you know? And if we do get a shot up, it's going to get blocked. So um, that was, for me, I was like, oh, we got this team right where we want them. And Denver's like, we got you guys right where we want you because we're down by 15 and we're going to come back. And come that's back, exactly kids. what they did. Exactly. So hopefully yeah. we can squash whatever last ounce of relentlessness that they have in them the next game. Like Markeith Morris did. Did you read about that? <laughs> he looked at the Nuggets bench in game one and stomped his foot on the ground like he was killing oh, yeah, a yeah, roach. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the? That's awesome. That's Where's awesome. That coming that- from? Yo, we Love need to it. do that because we cannot let um, the Nuggets win one game because you know nah. what happens when they do. We can't have a 3-1 anything. So let's go for the sweep. Go for the jugular. Thank God for Anthony Davis. He has it, folks. He has Dude, it. Dude, did you catch the after he hit the shot, he said Kobe? I saw oh. that on the Kobe Bryant like murals and whatever Twitter account. I forgot what it's called. No. So sorry to yeah, that Twitter yeah. account. But on the slow motion, like phantom camera, whatever, they're like, Damn. he called Kobe after he nailed it. And I was like, he totally did. Oh, man. Now I'm getting emotional in the black Mamba jerseys. I know. I know. He even said in his that? walk-off interview, he was like, we can't lose wearing these jerseys. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's like, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. He wasn't like asked by whoever was interviewing him, you know, about Kobe specifically or anything mm-hmm. like that. It just... That's like one of the first things that he said. So I know, dude, it, 
uh, you That's know, crazy. It's like it makes you feel so good and sad. <laughs> Someone's time. definitely going to edit a video where they put Kobe like in the same sort of position as AD and they both launch a shot because mm. Kobe's had a similar buzzer beating game. There's that against one against Sacramento Kings. on New Year's Day. Yes. It was the exact Baseline. same location. His mm-hmm. heels were like right above yep. <laughs> the sideline. Paul West falls right behind him, like looking down. Is he out of bounds? No, he's not out of bounds. <laughs> I was looking at AD's feet too. I was like, "Ooh, that was yeah, close." It was, it was he kept close. his heel up. It was close. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's crazy, man. That's all, that's a great way to end it. Um, yeah, Kobe. So Kobe. thank you, Anthony Davis. Um, thank you, Chuck. Let's freaking <laughs> go up 3-0 and sweep these dudes. They are annoying. They are. They have fight, et cetera, et cetera. Let's not even give them a chance to. Uh, so with that said, thank you guys for listening. As usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Thank you guys for getting us over 420. Yeah, hey. there we go. <laughs> now let's get to 500, 500 days of summer. So thank you guys for nice. all that. And um, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Alan, it's lit. It's lit, dude. Peace. Peace out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.